Um, the revolt itself, a lot of the principles that comes out of it, um, it sort of has to do with like the emerging uh, Protestant Reformation, uh, which has started during this time period. Um, mainly uh, radical reformers within the Catholic Church and Anabaptists, um, the most famous of them is a guy named uh, Thomas uh, Munster. Um, like they, the they sort of. No, Munster. Oh, not Munster. Oh, it sounded like you said monster. That's, I got that's what I thought too. I'm like, yeah. you mean monster, like cheese rebellion and shit. And you fucked up twice because now I'm hungry and goddamn it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve along with the other Steve. Steve. And Ryan. Again, toxic trait. I think that maybe not Snoop Dogg, but I could definitely smoke and keep up with Willie Nelson. No, I don't think so. There's a whole Toby <laughs> Keith song about I'll, it's called "I'll Never Smoke Weed with Willie Again." It's it's called "Weed with Willie." You should listen to it. I've never he, heard. He this. got back recently, yeah, though. The lyric was, uh, "I'll never smoke weed with Willie again." The party's all over before it begins. <laughs> yeah, because you're probably passing out before you even finish the first. Yeah. Bond. Willie Nelson strikes me as somebody who would smoke marijuana that would put you just like. In the yeah. stratosphere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As a high, high man. And then, not only that... I think you could probably outsmoke Ja Rule, but... <laughs> <laughs> did you hear the 50 Cent? Like, like he like did like a behind-the-music for like people in his career. I don't know what it's from, but he, he like just... Eviscerates Ja Rule. He's like, <laughs> like a roast. He roasts Ja Rule so oh bad. God. He's like, he's like Ja Rule is what happens when you try to pretend like you live in somebody else's life. Ja Rule, <laughs> ja Rule grew up on the other side of New York. He's Jehovah's Witness. He didn't have a lot of problems. <laughs> you know, it's like ridiculous. He just crushed them. Yo, 50 Cent kills it with the roast game. Like, he went in on I Floyd Mayweather. I where he was like, oh, yeah, I that. donate $1 million to yeah, a charity of your choice you if you read, read the entire Dr. Seuss book. Yeah, you just have to <laughs> read like, this. You, you can't make fun of that man for being a literate dog. <laughs> nah, Floyd Mayweather is a well-known... so fuck him. <laughs> yeah, like, if we're just talking about sports, like, we're just talking about boxing, he has, he's incredible. He has the full sanction. He's incredible. As a boxer, however, he ain't hitting any other markets. <laughs> like, he's not a good guy. I mean, it's crazy. It's one of those things where you you bring up his file, and it's just like he's he's, he's fully sanctioned. You can you can say and do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fifty cent thing. I gotta find out like what that's from because he just killed Ja Rule. Probably uh, had to do with Firefest or something like that. I mean, he hates Ja Rule. Like, he, he, he literally bought – Ja Rule was doing a concert, and he bought out the first two rows of the concert so that no one would be in them. Stop it. Yep. Is that real? Yeah. Get, their shit goes back to 1999. Like, it's, <gasps> it's old That's as incredible. Uh, yeah. He basically he, – he says that it's, he's the reason Ja Rule doesn't have a career anymore. I mean, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I, also, Ja Rule kind of fell off in the early 2000s. Like, when Aaliyah passed, that was kind of it. Yeah, he wasn't that good anyway. But speaking of other really shitty rappers... Yeah, we're going to be talking about a lesser-known member of G-Unit. <laughs> we're talking about Young Buck. <laughs> young Buck. <laughs> Not the game, but the game accessories. <laughs> yeah. 
the whole Cabela, the, the whole Cabela family of, uh, of games. Today, this week, boys, we're going to talk about the Yeti cooler disaster of COVID era. <laughs> Their marketing was bulletproof until they realized that they might need vaccines. And then that was it. <laughs> but today we're going to be talking about John of Leyden. And the uh, Monster Rebellion. Okay, so let's let me just type this out real quick. So just stop me when I'm typing it wrong. John of Fladen. John of Flavortown. Laden. Yeah. Laden. Barely knew him. Nice Laden. <laughs> Oi. John of Fladen. Um. So who's John this guy? Was born. <laughs> he was born. Uh, Johann. Uh, Bakelzoom. Um, in on February second, fifteen oh nine. I think he changed his name one more time. Never gonna, repeat that name. You're never gonna have a Hollywood career with that name, Johann uh, Bagelson. We're never gonna make it through this episode with that fucking name, <laughs> Johann Bagelson. All right, let's hit it. You said um, Johann Bagelson. Yes. All right, Bagelson. <laughs> Got it. It's Dutch. <laughs> you could say that at the end of anything you say, like. Like you it's could Dutch. just be, it's yeah. No, like it's you Dutch. could accidentally it's fuck cool. up or like or like merge a word by accident. You know, just like Freudian slip, and people are like, "What'd you say?" And be like, "It's Dutch." Don't, it's Dutch. You, know. you wouldn't understand. <laughs> it's it's a whole thing. Um, John himself was the illegitimate son of a Dutch mayor and a uh, tailor's apprentice. Um, he was born in the village of uh, Zevenhoven, um, in the municipality of of Newcoop. Um, which is located in the Dutch Dutch province of South Holland. Okay. Um, right, so while real he was quick, ra- real, okay, real quick, before we get into this, give me, like, the elevator pitch of who this dude is, just so I can keep it in my mind the whole time we're talking about him. Um, guy who goes on to be a a, a rebel leader and, and, a, and arguably a cult leader. Okay, perfect. And, and you're the timeline we're talking about? You said 1500s? Yeah, it's 1509 when he's born. All right, okay. Um, he's raised in poverty, um, being a bastard, um, but he was known for being a very charismatic leader who was uh, widely revered um, by the people who had come to follow him. Okay. Um, ar- around um, uh, around 1524, there becomes uh, there, there's a breakout of what's called the uh, German Peasants' War or the uh, Great Peasants' War. Um, which was sort of this um, this uprising of, of peasants that occurred um, in areas of Central Europe, mostly within the Holy Roman Empire. Um, these uh, revolts would last until around 1525, um, and it mainly failed due to the, uh, the aristocracy um, harshly putting down the rebellion uh, by killing somewhere between 100,000 to 300,000 uh, poorly armed uh, peasants and farmers. Why was this the uprising? Because they were effectively like paying to work the land that they lived on, and like they were kind of like "fuck this shit, we're done with this." Is it is it kind of well, like we'll, the basis? We'll, we'll we'll get to the reasons, but a lot of it has to do with um, a lot of the things that sort of drives like the Protestant uh, Protestant Reformation um, and and just sort of like the discontent that's going on in Europe at that time. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so the the ones that survived, they're they're fined um, by the um, by the aristocracy, um, and they uh, they don't achieve really any of their goals. Um, a lot of this um, was preceded by what's called the uh, the Bund uh, Shu uh, movement um, and what was called the Hussite Wars, um, which were um, a series of like economic and religious revolts um, where peasants and farmers 
um, often supported um, by um, Anabaptist uh, clergy, um, sort of rebelling against the uh, the current system that existed within uh, Europe at that time. What is um, Anabaptist? We'll we'll talk a little bit about them um, in detail, but they are an early denomination of Protestantism. Okay, all right. Um, so the the war begins as sort of like uh, different insurrections. Um, it begins in the southwestern part of uh, what is now uh, Germany um, and and Alsace. Um, and spreads into um, the areas of um, the central and eastern areas of Germany and present-day Austria. Um, after it's uh, after the uprising is suppressed in Germany, it also briefly spreads into uh, Switzerland. Um, so, the peasants themselves, uh, their insurrection largely fails due to it being uh, a democratic uh, movement, um, and so because it was democratic, they didn't really have much of a command structure to fight actual like mercenary and, and sort of standing armies of the aristocracy that were armed with um, artillery and, and cavalry. Um, most of the peasants and farmers had no military experience. Um, and th- most of the people they were fighting against were uh, well-disciplined and equipped armies uh, that were, that had, um, that had a large amount of funding um, from the aristocracy. Gotcha. 500 years um, later, we're still fighting these same wars, but okay. <laughs> Um, the revolt itself, a lot of the principles that comes out of it, um, it sort of has to do with like the emerging, uh, Protestant reformation, uh, which has started during this time period. Um, mainly, uh, radical reformers within the Catholic church and Anabaptists, um, the most famous of them is, is a guy named, uh, Thomas, uh, Munster. Um, like they, the they sort of, no, Munster. Oh, not Munster. Okay. Oh, it sounded like you said Munster. That's, I got, that's what I thought, too. I'm like, yeah. doing Munster, like Cheese Rebellion and shit. And you fucked up twice, because <laughs> now I'm hungry, and God damn it. <laughs> uh, they would go on to support the rebellion, whereas um, Martin Luther, um, who was part of what was, who was part of a faction called the uh, Magisterial Reformers, uh, condemned the rebellion and sided with the nobles. What? Mm. What? Um, because, uh, because uh, Martin Luther, in his work um, and against the murderous, thieving hordes of peasants, um, he condemns the the violence of the peasants, um, calling it the devil's work, and called for nobles to put down the rebels like mad dogs. This guy is one. Ho- okay, all right. I didn't think about this really through and through before. I guarantee you, if you look hard enough, the descendants of Martin Luther are now right wing like radio talk show hosts or of some capacity. This sounds like Ben Shapiro, Stephen Crowder shit. Well, the thing about Martin Luther is is that he didn't want to like overturn things that much, um, and he he was also more more of a conservative guy than the other ones. Um, and sort of towards the end of his life too, he becomes like a vehement um, a- anti semite, like to a level that is uh, that was considered beyond the pale um, in the 16th century. Yeah, he's like the H.P. Lovecraft of anti semites. Yeah, he, he's like H.P. Lovecraft levels of Don't, racism. How, people are like, how ra- like check yourself. <laughs> how anti semitic do you have to be in the 1500s for them to be like, hey, 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 hey listen, he's listen, it up listen, there, Marty. Chill, chill, chill. Guys, like they're doing, well, like they're doing literal po- pogroms in Europe, and you're just like those people are like, hey, pogroms, man, reel that shit in, pogroms, <laughs> pogroms, yeah, pogroms. How do you pronounce but, it? Pogroms. I thought it was pogroms. Pogroms anyway, they're killing a lot weird. of Jewish people. What are we arguing about? Like, <laughs> they're but looking he, at you uh, like, "Hey, man, you're you're you're." These guys were there. doing. <laughs> let me say this: this Marty guy, he was in favor of pogroms and holocausts, and 
I just can't imagine how bad you have to be for them to be like, bro, uh uh-uh. Reel it in. Ease up, Marty. He he was to a level that like But he was he was to the level that like the Nazis would would take some of his later writings and be like, Yeah, yeah. That's like Henry Ford. (laughs) Yeah, but also the Nazis took like American inspiration too. So you know. Yeah, but but not in like the art of like not in the field of like anti-Semitism. Nah, it's just how to treat them. <laughs> Once you're all done. Oh, listen. Well, is it is it is it, is it John Brown law? Is it Jim Brown law? The 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 Jim Crow laws? I'm about to say Jim Brown. Is it Jim Crow laws? <laughs> the Jim oh, Brown law. We should we should put them here. <laughs> Questionable sexual escapades at the Playboy Mansion. Definitely on the Nazi playbook. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of uh, excellent uh, Cleveland Browns player back in the day. <laughs> I know. I got. I, Ex- I did excellent not, movie star. I did not know about his history, but there's a Playboy like expose kind of documentary about like the abuse and stuff that went on there. On um, I think it's on Netflix. My wife was watching that, and they just mm-hmm. excoriated Jim Brown on there. Like they said, he just Oof. went in there and just it was like rape after rape. Like he just was went ham. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it, all I'll say is Jimmy Conn was just in there for the grotto. That's all, that's he, all he was, he was just think, swim. He dunked his feet in. That's all, you know. I just heard that there were really, really wet. good articles here at the mansion because if there's really good articles, <laughs> I'm just in here the magazine, to read the articles. Here at the mansion, they gotta have great articles. <laughs> Imagine you went there and that's what you said, but instead you were just like <laughs> confronted with this disgusting reality. Oh uh, man, put your clothes on. I'm here to read. <laughs> oh my god. Um, uh, one of uh, one of the people who also supported put your um, clothes the on. I'm here, I'm here to, to read. read. <laughs> you know, Steve's a librarian, and uh, he's definitely heard that more than once. <laughs> sir, put your clothes on. No, he's had to say that more than once. I'm sure. Uh, sir, are you here to read or be naked? You can't do both. Put your dick away, sir. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh. Anyway, um. So the the movement was also supported by a guy named uh, Ulrich uh, Zwingli, who was the leader of what was called the Swiss Reformation. Um, And um, even though he supported it, uh, Martin Luther's uh, coming out against the the uprising kind of um, helped seal the deal on it failing. Um, Zwingli and and Luther, too, were were somewhat of um, adversaries of each other. They they both came down on different different disagreements on, on theological areas. Uh, mostly to do with the sacraments, mm-hmm. um, which is like a big part of like what's going on um, with like the Protestant Reformation, right? Um, so uh, Anabaptism is a um, is, is a Protestant um, movement that comes out of what's called the Radical Reformation. Whereas like uh, Luther wanted to, because um, because Lutherism is essentially like Diet Catholicism, like the yeah. way the the Catholic Church became after Vatican II is essentially the way. That like Lutheranism, Vatican more like, Vatican during the Protestant Reformation. If you've seen Vatican One, then you know Vatican Two is going to have so much action, suspense. so much fun. double the Vatican, double the Pope. Not only double the holiness. can the priests not fuck, but if they get erections, we punch it back in Vatican Two. It's, listen, it, with a movie called Vatican II, you have to have Steven Seagal in there. But, like, pudgy, <laughs> late 2000s Steven Seagal. Casey Ryback. Like, no, no. Just Casey let him, was but he shit. let himself go. Like, Casey Ryback <laughs> let himself go, Steven Seagal. I need the Steven well, it, Seagal it where 90% the, of the movie, he's in a chair, and he's not moving. <laughs> it needs to be starring the boss. Yeah, starring, yeah, Brian Bosworth starts just crying. 
<laughs> His documentary cried so much, you know? I'm not against yeah. dudes crying, that's fine, but like what the fuck? <laughs> His his one his one movie I forget what it's called but the one that takes place in like New Orleans is insane mm-hmm. or, or Mississippi where like <laughs> oh are you talking yeah. about where he's like the he's like the uh, like bounty hunter motorcyclist guy I think so but well, that's like all yeah, <laughs> that's pretty like much all of his that's roles. his role yeah he's like that one what? that one like Chicano guy that's in like every Latin gang movie. But but the bad the bad guy in it is played by Lance Riddick, and by the end of the movie, like <laughs> I'm going to like, kill his love, these hostages. <laughs> his, his 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 love interest is is killed, and then the bad guys kill like the entire like government of Mississippi, like not even joking. Like, like what? They, they, what? <laughs> they like kill the governor and like like most of the cabinet <laughs> before before the uh, boss's character stops them. Wow. God. Um, so the Anabaptists, uh, a lot of their beliefs um, come um, come out of this thing called the uh, the Schleitham, uh Confession. In in fifteen twenty seven, um, Michael Sattler uh, presided over a meeting at, at Schlettheim, um, which is in um, which is sort of um, in Switzerland along the uh, Swiss German border, uh, where uh, these Anabaptist leaders drew up um, their their document of faith, which is the the Schlettheim, uh Confession of Faith. Um, soon after this, uh, Sattler was arrested and executed, um, and Anabaptist uh, groups um, would differ in their beliefs, but it's largely based on this um, confession um, where they, they found their, their sort of beliefs. Um, their main thing is that they believe that baptism is valid only when um, the person being baptized uh, can freely confess their faith in Christ um, and also uh, request to be baptized. So, oh man. This is going to be a stupid so, question. So the Anabaptists are not like a offshoot of baptism, or they are? No, ba- the Baptist Church comes much later on. Okay. Um, the Anabaptists. Uh, the reason why they're called Anabaptists is it's um, in, in Latin it means to like be baptized again. Um, uh, it is because during this time everyone was baptized at birth, and they don't believe that that babies should be baptized because they're they're not able to make the conscious decision to be baptized. Right. That's actually strangely progressive. Um, so, uh, a lot of, uh, other Christian groups also, uh, ha- uh, also practice, uh, similar beliefs, uh, such as Baptists, um, but they're, no, uh, but the Baptists, for instance, are not Anabaptists. Uh, the modern day, um, the, the modern day sort of descendants of Anabaptists are the Amish, uh, the Hooterites, and the Mennonites. Um, and, uh, and these are, these are sort of like the, the surviving extant, um, Anabaptist, gotcha. uh, religious churches. Gotcha. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so they, they all sort of have uh, the same core uh, beliefs, um, but they're different in like um, how they handle them. Uh, so you have, for instance, older order uh, Anabaptist groups such as uh, the Amish um, and, and Mennonites and, and uh, uh, River Brethren, um, uh, the Hooterites and the Old German uh, Baptist Brethren. Uh, they, they sort of uh, follow sort of this older style. The, the newer style uh, sort of dies out. Okay. Hmm. Um. And then um, and we'll sort of get to why that happens. Um, and, and, and within them as well, there are certain uh, Anabaptist groups that will, um, th- that will sort of follow uh, the religious teachings and, and theology, but they allow for uh, modern uh, conveniences. They're usually referred to as conservative Anabaptist groups. So, like, you could technically meet an Anabaptist today? 
Well, yeah, if you go to, like, Amish country, the Amish are technically Anabaptists. But, I mean, like, that's how they view themselves, like, religiously as Anabaptist. Well, well yeah, it's in the basis of their, their following. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Okay. I, th- I I mean when it, when I when I heard Anabaptist I thought that was like like the anti-Baptist like Satan worshiping or something like that just like totally antithetical to baptism well, like everything well, I'm sure that's what the opposite well, I'm sure that's what the Catholic Church described them as um, but um, that's how the Catholic the, Church described everybody the fucking goddamn Catholics were but, fucking insane but, but a lot of <laughs> a, a lot of this and a lot of like what sort of drives Protestantism is that there's this belief that there needs to be a return to early Christianity. That the Catholic Church, um, through it being like this large organization, has become corrupt over time. No. Um, and that a lot of the things that the Catholic Church pushes are things that have no basis in Scripture. No. Um, for instance, one of the things that Martin Luther um, had issue with was essentially the, the concept of um, indulgences mm-hmm. and, and purgatory, saying that like the Pope has has no actual like power to determine like who like who goes into purgatory and who doesn't and right. things like that. That it's not his power to have. And charging um, people, like you said, the indulgences. Like, oh, did you sin? Well, give me like, you know, four shillings and a gold coin and you're free to go. You're good. Yeah, the whole I, indulgence system was just so fucking ridiculous. It still goes on this day. Of course it does. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, a lot of it has to do with uh, them saying that they have to be baptized again. Because <clears throat> during this period, everybody is baptized at birth. Um, because if you're not baptized at birth... Um, you, you can essentially you're, you're not considered like a full person um, in, in terms of the law, wow, like, like being up. excommunicated. <laughs> like if you're like if you're excommunicated from the Catholic Church during this time period, like people can freely like murder you and like take all your things. Hey, that six week old baby. We didn't baptize him at birth. Murder him and take his pacifier and his blanket too. fuck him. <laughs> um, what? And, and, and a lot Jeez. of this is based in and, and a lot of this is based in the New Testament. Because um, remember, for the New Testament, um, when when Jesus is baptized, um, that uh, he he's an adult when it happens, right? Um, and that because uh, and because infants are not able to to repent and turn away from sin, they they can't exactly follow in Jesus's example. That's oh god, I still can't wrap my Jesus head around like, how wildly progressive that is for a time to think like that. Um, so they uh. This guy named um, uh, Balthazar um, Hubmeyer um, said, I have never taught Anabaptism, but the right baptism of Christ, which is preceded by teaching an oral confession of faith, I teach, and say that infant baptism is a robbery of the right baptism of Christ. So they not only feel <clears throat> they not only feel that um, you need to be baptized as an adult, but if you're not, that, that it's sort of like... Uh, it's it's bad because it's sort of like going against the original spirit of it. It's it's making a um it's sort of like making a mockery of baptism to be baptized as a child. So all right, and kind of tangentially related, if you decided back in the early fifteen hundreds, you know, if you were like a heretic, basically, if you were like yo, like fuck that shit, God's not real, go fuck yourself. Are they gonna execute you? Back in this time, like, will they just kill you for not being a Christian? I'm not saying like, well, like for being totally just like, you know, God doesn't exist. Well, yeah, um, that that is a punishable offense that you can um, you, you would most likely find yourself as either in front of like an actual um, like secular uh, legal court or you would find yourself in front of like the Inquisition. 
Um, so, so Anabaptists are are also um, almost always heavily persecuted by by the state, um, by by both the Catholic Church and also uh, magisterial Protestants. Any special um, such reason as why? Lutherans. Um, and this is largely because of their differing views on the interpretation of Scripture, ah. uh, which which puts them at like odds. Gotcha. Um, with each other. Gotcha. Um, Anabaptism uh, was never established by any state. Um, and it never enjoyed any of the privileges of um, of being like adopted by a state. Um, and uh, most um, Anabaptists also adhered to a literal interpretation of the Sermon uh, on the Mount in Matthew uh, five through seven, uh, which teaches against hate, killing, violence, taking oaths, participating in use of force or any military actions, and against participation in civil government. Um, and they also view themselves as citizens of the kingdom of God, not earthly governments. Um, and um, and also free um, men on the land. There it is. I was in my head going over what the fuck is wrong with these guys. Every single point you're making is like very fucking reasonable. Oh, there it well, is. <laughs> well, th- well, this is this is closer to like They're sovereign um, citizens heard. <laughs> what, what I'd, I'd say because the, the Amish are still this way. Um, but, but I would say in, in terms of other uh, religious movements that aren't related that, that sort of have the same beliefs. I would say, like the Jehovah's Witnesses are the same way. Like that's that's why they don't take oaths and they can't be in the military and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, aside from that, because that's a little bit like extreme. But like everything else seems very reasonable. Like I, I just wish and, that religion could stay like that. Just reasonable. Hey, this is like what you would like to, like, you know, this is how we would like you to live your life. It's just unfortunately, you know, it hasn't. So you know. Um. And and there's also there there's also sort of arguments between them too. Um, for instance, there, there's arguments over like communion, um, and and then among Protestants, the arguments get even more because um, uh, if people aren't aware, um, in, in most Protestant churches, when you take communion, uh, you get both bread and wine um, every communion. Um, but within the Catholic Church, until um, until the reforms of Vatican II in the '60s. Um, most lay people could not receive wine with communion. Really? Um, now, in, in sort of modern times, my understanding that on special occasions, uh, lay people can be given wine at communion. You're at, not at supposed Catholic to. Church. You're not supposed it, to. It just depends on the it's, church. Yeah. It, it depends on the... It's, it, it goes down to the bishop, but they're not supposed to yeah. be giving it out. You're technically uh, not supposed to until you've like done all the steps. But there are churches that are like it's special occasion, like get tipsy with us, come on. And then there's just some churches that are like skirting the line, kind of. Yeah. But but with Protestantism, um, they uh, they want both. Uh, they they have both in kind, as as it's uh, referred to, or also um, or it's. See, I think that's a reasonable thing term. to get. Yeah, you know, if you're gonna give me food, you might as well give me something to wash it down, not just spit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, it 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 also Luckily, says, those Catholic it, wafers they just disappear in your mouth anyway. You well, what well, also just it also just shows like how much disdain the Catholic Church has for like the common person, um, because because the main reason why they didn't do that was because they believed that that they that a normal person can't get the full sacrament because they're not worthy of getting the the full sacrament. Whereas like whereas like Protestants who were led essentially by um, the like the theological professor uh, priests essentially said, well, there, there's no reason why like dumb fuck priests should be, uh, should be getting the full sacrament and, and some other one who's like a confirmed member of the church shouldn't be getting it as well, that they should only be getting like half. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so John is an Anabaptist. Um, first, he's secretly one for obvious reasons, 
but later on, uh, he becomes to be a, a recognized prophet uh, within the Anabaptist movement. Actually, real quick, before you go any further, it's now, pieces are starting to fall together on my mind of why the Catholic Church is diddling little kids so much is because they're pumping these kids full of fucking wine during the Eucharist as they're taking fucking communion and shit like that. Holy shit, they're getting these kids fucking drunk. Because in Sunday, not Sunday school, but like, I can remember doing like communion at like 12 and them allowing you to take a sip of wine. Interesting. Yeah, all right. That yeah. never happened with us. I mean, I went to Catholic school and Catholic church for a long time. We never got that. I mean, I snuck the church wine when I was an altar boy, definitely. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the weakest fucking wine on earth, by the way. It's basically borderline vinegar. So yeah, and the I fucking mean, priest terrible. would like sneak a little bit of like Beaujolais in there. I mean, you it's know. a cooking wine. Yeah, but I mean, like they would good. allow you to take communion at like fucking ten years old. And I distinctly remember it being wine, but you got like a uh, I never got sip. wine with communion. Not never, not even one time. You never got you no, nah. And I went to a lot of churches at the time, so I never got that. Again, it was kind of regional, and like Steve said, it depends on the the bishop. It's up to the bishop, and if the bishop's yeah. okay with it, then they can kind of make like an executive decision. That and this is also okay. Boston, so I really again should not be surprised they're trying to get kids liquored up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> should start them young. Surprise it! I shouldn't be surprised. Listen, the Holy Father's in the fucking Ryan's cave is over there getting these kids licking up on goddamn Christ's blood. Little Ryan, we gotta start him now because eventually he's gonna need it to keep warm when he's a stevedore down at the dock. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Um, anyway, so John, John's an Anabaptist. So John, in his own, in, in sort of like from his own testimony, says he moved to Munster in, in 1533. Uh, Munster because, like the um, cheese? <laughs> yeah, uh, Munster like the okay, cheese. Okay, so that time it was like the cheese. All right, good. Um, I fucking hate so, you. Well, I was just making sure, you know, because he might have said Munster again. I don't know. Um, so he moves there because he hears that there are inspired um, Protestant preachers there. Um, and after, uh, and soon after he send, um, he sends for, uh, Jan, uh, Mathis, um, uh, who was a, a priest who had baptized him to also come. Uh, Mathis was born in, um, Harlem in the, uh, Holy Roman, um, Empire's County of Holland. At this time, Holland is part of the, the Holy Roman Empire, um, where he had worked as a baker, um, uh, but was converted to Anabaptism through the ministry of a man named Melchior Hoffman. This guy's born in, in Harlem and moves to Europe. I was going to say, bro, uh, Harlem wasn't even a thing in the 1500s, Steve. No. I need you to fact check yourself. Harlem in New York news. is named after Harlem in Dutchland. <laughs> Steve's going to come in here and be like, uh, ha- Harlem is a fucking capital. Harlem in New York. <laughs> um, so Hoffman, uh, Hoffman is imprisoned and, and Mathis goes on to sort of like take over. Um, his group of followers mm-hmm. um, and baptizes thousands of converts um, and becomes a prominent leader within the Anabaptists. Mm-hmm. Um, Mathis, though, rejects the pacifism and nonviolence theology of his um, of his predecessor uh, Hoffman um, and adopts a view uh, that um, that any oppression on Anabaptists must be met with resistance. Slaughter them is what his uh, go tag go uh, tagline was. Um, Melchior Hoffman himself. Uh, was uh, German, uh, born in uh, in Schwäbisch Hall, uh, southwest Germany, before 1500. Uh, he himself had no actual uh, scholarly training, um, and he first appeared as a furrier in Livonia. 
What was his um, animal? He was a furry? What was his animal? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. He was a fox. <laughs> or a wolf. Yeah. It was a puss. <laughs> it's a wolf 70% 70, 70 of the time. It's always um, a fucking wolf. Or, or some, like, wolf, like, dragon combination or something. Just be interesting. Um, if you're going to be a furry, be like, I'm a turtle. Like, do something interesting and cool. <laughs> um, so he's attracted to the uh, preachings of Martin Luther, um, and he comes to, uh, he, he sort of comes to become a lay preacher um, and combines uh, traveling for business um, as well as um, as also like going on a religious mission while he's traveling for business. Um, he works as a lay preacher in the cities of uh, Volmer uh, from 1523 um, and also in Dorpat and Revel. Um, in Dorpat, he becomes involved in a, um, a, a an iconoclastic revolt um, where uh, whereby uh, these these groups of Protestants would just start destroying um, just just sort of like religious um, iconography in Catholic churches because they believed it was idolatry based. It is. Uh, also, you said that we're still talking about Mathis, correct? Well, we I, I sort of did a segue about uh, Hoffman. Okay. Um, and and so uh, the magistrates um, sort of sent him to Wittenberg um, to to sort of get approved by uh, Martin Luther. Uh, because he's like causing too many problems, so they're saying like you actually have to be, you know, you, you have to be like bonded. <laughs> oh my god! Like you need to, you just to meet this guy in person, and he has to give you the okay because you are. Yeah, he has up. to give you the okay because you're because you're you're being a fucking pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> and I guess this um, is them hoping that that Martin Luther's like, no, go fuck yourself, absolutely not. Um. So after uh, Hoffman uh, returns to Dorpot, um, he is he he causes more trouble and he's forced to leave the city. Um, and, and after the same thing happens in Revol, he decided to go to Stockholm, Sweden, uh, where he arrives in the autumn of 1526. Um, there, too, he also has to flee Sweden due to getting into all sorts of troubles. Um, he makes a short stay in Lubbock um, uh, as he's making his way to Denmark, uh, where he finds favor with the king Lubbock, of Texas? Uh, Denmark at that time, uh, King <laughs> Frederick I. This guy starts in um, Harlem, goes to Europe, and then comes back to Lubbock? Um, and then he's appointed um, royal ordinance preacher um, uh, at the Gospel of the Kiel. royal ordinance, the holy hand grenades. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, so while while he's there, I'm uh, just keeping myself first- interested, Ryan. I hate religious <laughs> shit, so it drives I know, me but fucking this is crazy. Very- this is actually very interesting because I have never heard of this stuff before. Like this we, is actually really good. Like the whole like play between the Catholics and the Protestants and we're like fucking pretending one's better than the other and they're just all full of shit. Nah, it's different flavors of the same shit. Exactly. Well, you'll, you'll, you'll see what we're getting to, Steve. Um, so, uh, Hoffman was probably the first printer in the city, uh, which is important because a lot of Protestantism is driven by the printing of like cheap pamphlets. Right. Um, that, that they're printing right. these these anti-Catholic church pamphlets that are being distributed to the masses, and it's sort of starting up these revolts. Because uh, generally, Protestantism doesn't go, um, d- doesn't really pop up in places that are economically well off. Um, it usually happens in places that are um, that have economic problems, uh, poor leadership, um, and also don't have strong uh, representation by saints. Right. Um, because cities that do have strong representation with saints, they get a lot of tourism money from people visiting uh, to see reliquaries and stuff like that. Right. Okay. Which makes Central Europe a prime spot for this to go off because one, um, the Holy Roman Empire is a mess and everything in it is a mess. Um, so these peasants are, are living under like a terrible system and they're not reaping the benefits of the Catholic Church, but they're constantly having to tithe 
um, and pay taxes to. Um, sometimes they're literally paying taxes to the church because their leader is uh, is a priest within the church. Here goes that taxation um, without representation shit. Because there are um, there there are um, for instance in Munster there there is a uh, a, a prince bishop uh, a prince uh, um, bosphoric who's like a um, bishopric who's, who's essentially bishopric yeah bishopric yeah, yeah. Um, who who is like who's both a secular and theological ruler. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they, and so you're paying taxes to him and you're also having to tie to the Catholic church. Um, so while he's there, um, he, he also gets very extravagant in, in, um, in his denunciations. Um, and he also sort of develops the, uh, the Zwinglian view of the Eucharist, this, this sort of idea, um, that, that's shared by them on the Eucharist, which to them, they, they don't believe that the Eucharist itself is spiritually important. Did you say he they, gets they just, exaggerated in his enunciations? <laughs> it's like a complete... Extravagant. It has like a completely different meaning in, in 2023. <laughs> like the guy's saying something. What did, he, what did you say? I said the following. <laughs> just like enunciation. He was extravagant. <laughs> extravagant. See, now you're getting extravagant with your enunciations. See? <laughs> um... So while this is all going on, uh, Martin Luther is is not happy with um, with Hoffman. that's kind of his mo, right? <laughs> not being not happy being with happy things. at all. Yes, well, he is German. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like the idea, but the whole idea behind Martin Luther is I, I really don't like this. So eventually, what happens is there's um, he calls together a grouping of preachers. Um, to uh, sort of go over um, some of these uh, radical uh, preachers like Hoffman and, and just sort of deal with them, um, almost putting on a trial for them. Wow. Um, so, because because Martin Luther has this like idea of the Eucharist that it is um, that that's sort of like a magical experience that's bringing one closer to Christ of of consuming the Eucharist, but the these other ones, the, these Eucharist um, style um, that follow the uh, Zwingli. Uh, they they don't believe that the actual taking of the Eucharist has any spiritual power, um, because they don't believe that you're actually consuming like the literal uh, body and blood of Christ, um, which which from a Catholic point of view at this time is the belief that you're literally doing that. Yeah. Um, but but they say to do that would be sacrilegious because you're not only because one you're consuming it and then you're also you know eventually like like shitting it out. So these assholes um, so- were sitting here like, hey, listen, like you're shitty fucking religion because you're not literally being cannibals and eating Jesus Christ himself. No, exactly. they absolutely did not do that. It was the Catholics were all about ritualization, but the problem with religion is that you have to you can't just you can't make a metaphor because most people don't understand metaphors, you know? We're talking about the well, 1500s too. It's not like everyone's very educated. So right. everything well, they're, everything they're, becomes concretized or uh, concretized. Well, well, the thing is, the thing is that they don't they don't consider it to be uh, cannibalism. They're they're just saying that like the the act of consuming they, they just find that the act of consuming Christ to be ridiculous in itself, um, and they believe that it's more about um, the the sort of like a, a spiritual union um as a group doing the ritual yeah that's the whole that um, more, was the more whole of like point. a metaphor yeah that's the whole point yeah but but not that's not what the catholic exactly church <laughs> the catholic church was selling it the opposite way because they didn't want you to think outside the box yeah and right and and the lutherans believe that to a degree but not to the extreme of the catholic church right um and, and so because um hoffman refuses to retract this uh he's banished Ooh. um so, so he makes his way to strasbourg um, where he's received, um, where he's well received there, 
um, until um, people sort of find out like that he's an Anabaptist. Um, <laughs> he joins with the Anabaptists of the cities, um, and um, according um, uh, to um, Estep, um, he was uh, rebaptized in April of 1530. Um, in May, he travels to East Frisia, um, where he establishes uh, churches and baptizes about 300 people. Um, and so he, he meets with um, several other uh, self-proclaimed prophets like Caspar um, Schwing, uh, Schwenkfeld um, and Andreas Karlstadt. Um, and then he also sort of like after meeting with them, he also begins to sort of have these uh, prophetic visions. Um, oh, in 1532, here we go. He, he founds a community at Emden um, and, and he gets a large following of artisans. I'm having visions. I'm going to I'm going to sleep with the prettiest wife of all of you. <laughs> You, um, you, give me your wife. Bring her up here. My vision's coming true. Come here. Oh, no. Well, in his defense, he's not like a David Koresh prophet. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not as good looking as David Koresh either. <laughs> David Koresh is kind of a fox, man. He's kind of killing it. Yeah, he had that Jim Morrison thing going. I mean, he yeah. could have done better with, like, with some better glasses, because the glasses like, immediately like, nah, but look at hipsters the pedophile land. Look at hipsters but now, like, though, you know? I mean, they got those big Googles, you know? Yeah, I think he could do better with the glass, but yeah, man, David Gresh is kind of hot, man. <laughs> they had a whole, like, Randall Flagg thing going That's on. That's the name of this episode, <laughs> by the way, now. David John of Layton, <laughs> why David Gresh was kind of hot. <laughs> Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> I was raised in Boston to believe that David Koresh was kind of hot. I was raised in Boston to get liquored up by the local archdiocese to believe that David Koresh now, was a sexy uh, how drunk are you? Does that man look good? <laughs> Not? Give him more. <laughs> Keep drinking. Um, Weird. So Hoffman, Hoffman gets a, gets a prophecy uh, from an old man uh, foretelling that he will spend six months in prison. Um, so he returns in spring uh, of the following year to Strasbourg, um, where uh, where we also uh, we also find out that he also possibly had a wife and a child. Motherfucker. Um, so he he after his time away, he sort of comes back um, and he begins studying uh, the apocalypse um, and the belief that he had that the Lord would return to the world in the year fifteen thirty three. Oh my God, um, he's a fucking end of days, or he's an end timer. Oh, they're oh, all God. they're all fucking like uh, like armchair eschatologists. I love it. And I love it when people give an exact day, and that day comes but, and goes like nothing else. And you just look at them like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like Ghostbusters too. Yeah, like, hmm. uh, it's a little close to Valentine's Day, you know, kind of kind of a downer. Yeah, looking around, you know, huh? you're not you're not going to be able to get this out in paperback by then. Damn, it sucks, man. World's not over. What's 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 going on, man? Thought I was supposed to end today. It's three o'clock. Um, nothing happened. So he. He believed that um, he was also part of like a resurrection of uh, of sort of like early Christianity, uh, which first began under uh, John Hus of, of the the Hussite Wars fame. Uh, John uh, John or Jan Hus was uh, was a Catholic priest who was the leader of the uh, the Hussites, who were a um, sort of like a proto Protestant movement uh, that eventually becomes what's called the Bohemian Reformation, um, that was violently put down by the Catholic Church. Um, Huss himself was uh, burned to death by the Catholic Church. Jesus. Um, there, there's a pretty famous painting of him being burned at the stake. Jesus really? Christ. Um, but he came to he came to believe that in 1533 that it would be the beginning of a new era and that Strasbourg would be the seat of New Jerusalem. Um, when 
um, he believed that um, that the return of Christ would be preceded by a purging of the ungodly. Um, uh, Hoffman um, is is sort of um, uh, is seeing this as um, as as being a revolutionary. Um, so after he's uh, after he's eventually uh, jailed um, under examination, he denied um, that he had common cause with uh, Anabaptists and claimed to be uh, that he wasn't a prophet, uh, but uh, but merely a witness of the Most High. Uh, but nevertheless. Um, he refused the Articles of Faith proposed to him by the the provincial um, synod. Why? Like if okay, like if you are in are in deep shit and you like bad things are about to happen, why can't he just lie and be like, yeah, sure, man, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll tell you whatever you want me to say. Because he has some goddamn integrity, right? <laughs> Fuck that shit, bro. <laughs> like every every Abrahamic religion well, allows for loopholes. Like if you're gonna die, you don't have to like like admit to it it's fine like hey it's, it's not a big deal like you know every single one um so he, he's kind of meeting like a middle ground because he's, he's kind of like he's like oh no no i'm not involved with those people but i'm not gonna do your thing because he doesn't believe that's like a real a, a real church you're getting into like like ridiculous like like it's one of those scenarios that like like modern day christians like to pretend exist where they're like, I had to, I had to say that I didn't, I didn't believe in, I didn't believe in Christ if I wanted to get that job. And I told that man, I love Jesus. <laughs> Yo, that's <laughs> right out of God, there. Look, that is, that's, and then thing, I, man. and then I got, and then I got my hundred thousand dollar a year job at my lifted truck. <laughs> no, but like, seriously, that is a thing in very rural areas of the country where we're at. If like the church is like the biggest part of the town, if you're not somebody who's like really into it, man, they could sink your entire existence. Well, no, I mean, I mean the opposite of that. Oh, but I mean, yeah, I'm oh, saying, yeah, of course you can get fucking. Because uh, this is that this is that case where where a person's saying like you need to you need to denounce your faith if you want to be this. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Um, <laughs> so the first attempt to uh, the, there there come to be a, a forceful attempt to establish a theocracy um, in Munster um, in 1532 um, it, within the city um, through uh, relationships with this guy named Bernhard Rothman a Lutheran priest, uh, a pastor, um, and, and also several prominent uh, citizens, um, uh, Jan Mathis and um, John of Leiden uh, would begin to uh, exert a lot of influence in the city. Um, Bernhard uh, Rothman, he himself was a, um, was, was like a very, uh, was like a very, um, wait, spell Leiden. Com- L-E-I-D-E-N. Oh, okay. I was like, John Lydon is, um, is Johnny Rodden from the Sex Pistols. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was say John of Lydon. I'm just like, oh, wait a minute. It makes this whole episode a whole lot more interesting. We're talking about the Sex Pistols the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start it with I am an Antichrist. Uh. Um, so uh, Rothman is a um, he's a big opponent of the Catholic Church, um, and he writes a lot of pamphlets that are published by an ally of his, a wealthy wool merchant named uh, Bernhard uh, nipper dueling. Um, the the pamphlets at first just denounced the Catholic Church uh, from from sort of like a radical Lutheran perspective, uh, but soon start to proclaim that the Bible uh, called for the act uh, the absolute equality of man in all matters and also um, in the distribution of wealth. Oh man, god damn it, Steve! So, so stop making way, religion actually like a- sound uh, enticing to me right now. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> so 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 he sort of goes from just being opposed to the Catholic Church to also. Um, sort of preaching uh, communalism. 
Um, the pamphlets, which are distributed throughout northern Germany, uh, call upon the poor of the region to join the citizens of Munster uh, to share the wealth of the town and benefit uh, spiritually uh, from being among the elect, um, sort of like the chosen by God of heaven. Um, so as these Anabaptists uh, begin coming to the town, uh, Rothman and his allies um, have a little difficulty obtaining um, sort of control of the town uh, through the elections there um, in the in the magistracy and placing uh, Bernhard Nipperdueling as the mayor of the city after deposing of the other uh, mainly uh, wealthy Lutheran magistrates um, who had been seen as a um, who, who had been seen up to that point as an ally of them due to their mutual dislike of the Catholic Church. Um, they're they're just not like burn it all down um, levels of you know op- opposed to the Catholic Church that these guys are right. Mm-hmm. Um, so as mentioned, Mathis is a follower of Hoffman, um, and after Hoffman is imprisoned um, in Strasbourg, uh, Mathis uh, begins obtaining a considerable following in the Low Countries, including that of John of Leiden. Um, John um, and and a man named uh, Garrett um, uh, Bullockbinder um, they visited Munster and returned with a report to Rothman um, that that Rothman was in Munster teaching uh, doctrine similar to theirs. Um, so Mathis identifies Munster as the New Jerusalem of, of sort of like the prophecies that have been going around. And on January 5th, 1534, um, a number of his uh, ad- disciples enter the city um, and begin doing adult baptisms. Ooh, okay. Now, was this broadcast on like Cinemax or Showtime? <laughs> <laughs> you e- make it e- sound w- sexy. EWTN. You, you, adult yeah. baptism sounds like kind of sexy like this is probably a kink from when i was a kid like seeing hot nuns like <laughs> i go with some hot nuns. They get you, let's go it's, it's <laughs> how they get you in mormonism because they're all about hot they're nuns. all about baptizing <laughs> baptizing adults <laughs> and then saying you're somebody else do, doing a lot of role play when they baptize you was like anne frank or whatever <laughs> <laughs> oh. what the fuck never mind just keep going <laughs> Um, so Rothman himself, uh, apparently, uh, accepted a repa- uh, rebaptism that day that they entered the city and well over a thousand adults were soon baptized. Um, preparations were made not only to hold, uh, what they gained, but also to spread their beliefs to other areas. Um, so the many Lutherans who are left were, uh, came to be outnumbered by these Anabaptists who, who are sort of, um, who are sort of like arriving to the area, uh, to sort of join, um, the, these sort of Anabaptist leaders. Okay, um, so there there begins to be um, a, sort of like a lot of uh, iconoclasm in the um, in, in the cathedrals and monasteries of the city, um, and they eventually make it so that rebaptism becomes um, compulsory that that all adults have to be rebaptized. Yeah, you got to we got to start over. You got to go through a new ritual. <laughs> yeah, you got to no, replace this is, this your old ritual me. with the new hot ritual. It's called yeah. rebaptizing. And it's all the rage in Harlem. We're going to baptize you, then unbaptize yeah. you, then baptize you again. We don't even use yeah. water for this baptism. We use milk. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for the pores. Good for the pores. By the way, Steve, there's um, people say it's good for, and I think I hear you saying it's good for the shenty. And there's an actual fucking <laughs> tea place that Cassie and I just drove by called shenty. <laughs> I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like... We need to go there. <laughs> it's good for the shinty. And uh, newly arrived uh, immigrants um, uh, are forced to share their property with the poor, and soon after, um, a proclamation is made that all property must be held in common. 
Um, eventually, um, the expelled Catholic bishop of the city, Kamiya, uh, Franz... Kamiya what? <laughs> All property must be well, held in common? Yeah. So that, it belongs to everybody. That, it's socialism. Oh, I get it. So, so they're, they're going into communalism. And then eventually, um, the uh, expelled bishop of the city, uh, Franz uh, von uh, Waldeck, um, arrives and begins besieging it. In April of 1534, on Eastern Sunday, uh, Mathis had prophesied that God's judgment was to come on the wicked that day, and he led a procession from the city with 12 followers, as he believed himself to be the second Gideon. Oh my god. Um, he and his followers, though, are, are cut off at what the biblical Gideon Lil is. Lil' Gideon. Lil' Gideon. He and his followers were uh, were, were eventually separated, um, and Mathis is killed. His head is placed on a pole uh, for all the city to see. Um, and his genitals were nailed to the city gate. I, you know, that's, and that's Christ. you know that's per the the prescription for that in the Bible. You know, according to the hey, listen, the book. Mar- Martin Luther, Martin Luther nailed the ninety five thesis to the church door. Uh, that's a problem. Which, is he didn't is, he didn't take high school like writing classes. You know, you're not supposed to have ninety five theses. You're supposed to have one <laughs> thesis, three supporting paragraphs, and a conclusion. You know. Yeah. Well. 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 Uh, Franz von Naildick, uh took uh, my boy's penis and nailed it to the door. It was like, hey, listen, you do ninety five theses. I'll nail a cock to a door. How's this? Just, <laughs> I'm gonna the one take your is Unreal. <laughs> I'm gonna nail it to the wall. We all have a friend like that who just wants to one up you at every point it's just come on man <laughs> oh dude we used to have this guy at work like that he was the worst like he would ask you for help with something and you'd give him like like he was obviously at his wits end and you'd give him something to help right like it was exactly the answer to what he was saying and this happened to everybody at the office by the way just i'm not you know everyone dealt with him had the same right. same story right and he would start arguing with you about what you were saying like what the help you were offering, and so I like one day I just like looked right at him and I was like, "You're an idiot." I was like, "You came to me hat in hand, and you don't want to do the thing I said." Well, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, go do whatever yeah. the fuck you want. You know? But he would argue with everyone. It was so fucking annoying. I hate that shit. Oh, you know? Good lord. Well, actually, the, the successor to Mathis, though. It was a twenty-five, uh, then twenty-five-year-old John of Leyden, um, who um, who becomes like the religious and political successor um, to Mathis, um, and also justifies his authority over the city and, and actions that he does by claiming that they come from visions from heaven. Um, he he eventually begins building up his authority uh, until he proclaims himself the successor of David and adopts royal regalia, honors, and the absolute power um, in what he calls his new Zion. Jesus Christ! Um, uh-huh. There were, uh, and and now within the city uh, itself, there are three times as many women of marriageable age uh, to men. Um, so he makes polygamy uh, not only uh, compulsory, but also makes a law saying that all um, all women of marriageable age have to accept uh, if they're single, they have to accept a, a, um, a marriage um, um, proposal. Uh, from any man that offers. I didn't really. Bro, can you imagine the day that proclamation comes down? All the incel dudes that live in that town are just we are going ste- to have like steamrolling through their front doors, sprinting like Usain Bolt down the street, trying to be the first one to some girl's house um, to be like, "You have to accept. You have to accept." The problem is, is that most of them <laughs> shot before they got out the door, so they were, you know, <laughs> they they just went John. back inside and gave up, you know, post not clarity. Um, 
John John himself was said to have uh, sixteen wives. Jesus Christ, bro! Relax. So he, um, it, 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 the rest of us. So he had no wives. Is what you're telling me. <laughs> and, and he also he, he's also famously said to have uh, beheaded uh, a woman named Elizabeth uh, Wandershear in the marketplace uh, of Munster uh, for refusing to marry him. Um, and and also, yeah, that was in the Bible um, though. You're supposed to like if she says no, then you're supposed to cut her fucking head off. Like. It's in the Bible, dude. He killed her in the marketplace of ideas, bro. <laughs> Jesus and, Christ. And, and, she, and, and, depending, and depending on the story, uh, she also might have, like, sort of, like, called him out for, you know, living in luxury while the people of the city lived, lived in, like, destitution under the siege. Yeah, that's um, also but, in the Bible, uh, by the way. You behead people who call you out. Like, you're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, when you're a hypocrite, you yeah. kill them if they call you. You out. double down, you know, like a weak man, you know? <laughs> you post them. I think it's so funny make- when you hear these things because there's these two studies that just recently came up um, in some threads I was reading about how when, um, when men have their manhood threatened, they lie and double down. And it's almost like it sounds like an, an obvious thing to when you say it out loud. But it's actually like a really common problem to the point where like they'll they'll literally overstate their own height. Like there's a there was a study they did like that. And when I hear about these fucking dudes, <laughs> it's just I it's all I hear, you know? It's just some douchebag who's compensating somehow. That's fucking incredible. I do like every now and then. So at work, if I see a patient that has been there before, it it kind of retains previous demographics. Um, simple stuff like height, you know, name, stuff like that. Uh, past weights and stuff like that. I like when I see somebody because I'll, I'll just ask you how tall you are. I don't care. I'm not measuring you, right? And if it's if it's a guy, it's funny when the guy will tell me like, "Yeah, I'm five ten, right?" Because I'm six two, right? So he'll be like, yeah. oh, "I'm five ten, right?" And I look in the computer, last time he was there, he told somebody he was, you know, six feet tall. And the person, I could see who entered it, it was a woman. So I'm always kind of laughing, like, I wonder if they do that on purpose. Yeah, we and call that. now he's in front of me. He's like, no, nah, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm 5'10". Yeah, we call that uh, the NFL numbers. <laughs> That's what it's called, the high, the high school football numbers. I just, I'm 5'10", I, I'm 5'10", and I, if I stand up straight, I'm 5'11". Like, if I stand up completely straight, you know what I mean? Right, but right, like, right. right. I'm I'm probably five ten, and I'll probably end up being five nine when I'm older, right? But like yeah, everybody shrinks a little. But bit. when I played high school football, I was I was like by sophomore year, I was already like five nine, five ten, and uh-huh. uh, and they listed me at like six one. What? Yeah. Jesus when they Christ. when they sent the thing out to everybody, they they list you as like taller and heavier than you actually are. I just I, I, it kind of blows me away when I see that because they want the like, other right, coach bro. to they want the other teams to think that they got, they got these like monsters monsters in the yeah. middle of the midway you know just that <laughs> <laughs> Toad Boy is big boy he's taller than Fedor yeah. Emilienko <laughs> you have your you have your regular height then you have your Adam Cole height <laughs> Adam and Cole, then, yeah. Yeah. yeah then you got your Tinder height six feet <laughs> um so. As I mentioned before, uh, the city of Munster is also uh, starving, uh, literally, because if they've been under siege for uh, about a year at this point. Under siege? Which, yeah, which one, Ryback. buddy? <laughs> Casey Ryback makes a lot of – he gets a lot of time on our show. Uh, this is under siege three because yeah. under siege one was – I've never seen – Under siege two was dark territory. Is there a three? 
Or are we in like so this are we in like always think, sunny like episode? I think there's I think there's only lethal two. weapon yeah, it's, five or yeah, whatever. That's why I said this right here under siege three, yeah. um, the monster rebellion, which apparently aren't on streaming anymore for obvious reasons. Uh, Wait, what's not streaming? The 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 lethal weapon episodes of it's always sunny. Yeah, <gasps> yeah, they have to take that. Oh down. wow! Well, yeah. you know he's in blackface, so yeah, yeah, yeah. A community um, also pulled uh, the Dungeons and Dragons episode because apparently they did like blackface in the episode for for like two seconds. Like Chang did it. Well, yeah, yeah, he was he was supposed to be a dark elf, Ugh. and so he just like painted himself black. Ugh. Yeah, and I was like, that's like really like a stretch to pull the episode for that because he was in the episode for like a two seconds, and it wasn't like he was doing blackface for the sake of right. But that's a black person, wait, 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 you know wait, wait, but that's the thing is that you can. You could do it in the right context and be a joke, but you shouldn't. That's the yeah, thing. I mean, of course, like, look at Tropic Thunder. Yeah. You, know, you could do it, and it's hilarious if you do it correctly. But, like, yeah. I don't agree with Community pulling that episode for Dungeons & Dragons of all things. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. That's a kind of upsetting, because I really like that show. Yeah. I'm not going to die on that hill, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Eventually, uh, the the city is, is not able to hold out, um, and the... Uh, the 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 army besieging the city is able to take it on June twenty fourth, fifteen thirty five. City said, uh, "I'll be a bus." <laughs> uh, Jesus. John, um, John and several other prominent Anabaptist leaders are, are captured and imprisoned uh, by the Catholic forces. Yeah, that's in that's um, in the Bible it, too. In, oh, it's in, looking in, grim. They are not going to have a good time. It's looking grim. In in January fifteen thirty six. Uh, John of Leyden, uh, Bernhard uh, Nipperdueling, um, and other uh, and another uh, prominent follower, uh, Bernhard uh, Kretching, are, are tortured and executed in the marketplace of Munster. In what was, in the what was called the double burning. <laughs> their their bodies were um, exhibited in cages, uh, which hung from the steeple of Saint Lambert's Church in Munster. Um, their bones were later removed from the that cage. That is so Christ-like. Um, uh, but the cages still stand on the uh, are still held by the uh, like from the Catholic Church to this day that the cages are still hung outside of the church. Yeah, just so just can't say anybody gets uppity. Yeah. Oh um, man, so I'm the, looking at the, I'm reading about this guy's execution and oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> uh, I guess one of the guys saw what happened to John of Leyden and he tried to kill himself. Oh no, that's gotta be real bad. Oh no, <laughs> shit! <laughs> wow. Oh boy. Mm-mm. Um. So this, this the the Muslim rebellion itself is like a turning point for the Anabaptist movement. Um. So after this, um, they never had an opportunity of assuming any sort of uh, political importance. Um. As both the the Catholic Church and the Lutherans, um, they they sort of made. Um, stringent measures against the Anabaptists ever holding any type of power, especially uh, before they were just like opposed to them. But after this, after the events of the Munster Rebellion, uh, they they became fully committed to like stamping them out as a religious movement. Um, so uh, it's not really uh, it's it's somewhat difficult to trace um, what happened to the group after this um, because they would change names and the and the beliefs would also uh, change over time. Uh, for instance, there was a group called the Battenbergers. Which were under Jan uh, von Battenberg, uh, that was from the uh, the violent um, millennialist uh, streak that was seen in goddamn Munster. millennials. 
the fucking millennials were there too, just just tearing shit up with their avocado toast and gentrifying <laughs> the whole goddamn city. I think Christ would rather have us eat avocado toast at mass, right? Because I, I think, think the real think, ritual is having something delicious in the morning, you know. And to be baptized, you have I to think, eat a piece of avocado toast. I think Christ would be happy if we just demolished this low-income housing and we just put up these luxury apartments that no one in the city can afford to live in. What, what, what would Jesus do? Charge six times the rent. Oh, my God. <laughs> Charge six times the rent for building an apartment that is worth meh, half the quality of what was there originally. Hi, welcome um, to North Florida. My hot take will, will <laughs> remain the same. It's always been the same is that Christianity is not compatible with capitalism ever. Not a, not even a little bit. What do you yeah. fucking mean? Are you kidding me? Yes, it is. No, I mean, like, if you are if you live, like, the true Christ-like experience, it is incompatible oh, okay, 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 with okay, capitalism. Okay, you can't, yes, because sorry. capitalism requires okay. class structure and abuse, and it's just... Correct. It's, it's Correct. impossible not to have that in capitalism, so you can't be a pure... Like uh, Christian, so anybody that goes around saying that if they're if they're still taking part in the markets, then they're not. I thought you meant like American Christianity, and I was like, "What the fuck do you mean no. American Christianity and capitalism?" No, are all Christianity is the same. It's just it's just a bunch of people going around trying to feel like they're uh, doing the right thing. But yes, you you cannot physically follow the reasons. teachings of Christ and live that kind of life if you are a capitalist at the same time. No, you that can't. is one hundred percent correct. It's not fucking possible. Like maybe you could you can make a bunch of concessions, but at the end of the day, are you really being are you really being Christ like? No, you're not. No, because to be a capitalist requires you to step on the backs of people who are less fortunate. At some level. Um, the uh, the Battenbergers themselves were uh, polygamous, um, and they um, and, and they believed as well that force was um, was justified uh, against anyone who is not a member of their sect. Um, <laughs> so they they go underground soon after the Monster Rebellion. Um, and they often posed as Catholics or Lutherans in order to hide within society now that they're sort of like, you know, uh, public enemy number one in the world of like Christianity at this time. Right. right. Um, so uh, some members of the Anabaptists, though, um, uh, uh, being of the, um, the, the non-resistant uh, uh, sect um, uh, under uh, the leadership of Menno Simmons and the brothers Obey and Dirk Phillips, uh, Dutch Anabaptist uh, leaders, um, they uh, that they would sort of stand up to repudiate uh, the doctrines of the uh, Munster Anabaptists, essentially trying to defame them and saying that they didn't represent the movement. Um, this group would eventually become known as the Mennonites mm. um, after after Simmons, because um, that's that's where the Menon comes from, uh, the like Simmons. Yeah, like the by um, Menon, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Mennonites themselves, they reject the use of any violence um, and preach to faith based on compassion and love for one's enemies. Except during um, Rumspringa, when they can be as violent and sexual as they want. <laughs> well, that's that's the Amish. I don't think the Mennonites have Rumspringa. Hmm. They wish they did. Because the, the Mennonites are the uh, the, the Schmellies from Letterkenny. Yeah. And they have Rumspringa in Letterkenny. I'm pretty sure... I, I'm pretty sure they don't... I, I don't... I don't think the Mennonites have Rumspringa, but I could be wrong. Wenger Mennonite youths go through a period of Rumspringa starting at age 17. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, well, but, 
because because technically i believe that goes back into like the the rebaptism thing or, or sort of like being an adult and accepting mm. it that that they just sort of let you get a taste of like the outside world before you make the decision if you want to be in the religion so yeah we all go hard too right allow that too you can smoke crack what you can go you can go real hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's yeah it is but the it, amish that do that too right yeah the amish do rumspringa I mean, um, if you were smart, you would just be like, hey, and you would just go fucking ham for a whole week and then come back and be like, nah, I'll be Amish now. I got it out of my system. I'm good. <laughs> I just wish what a lot of them do, but, but I imagine it's also the fact, too, that since they've lived under uh, the Amish, like the Amish way of life for most of their life, they, they can't really, you know, survive in the, in the regular world in the, in the same way that, like, fundamentalist uh, Mormons can't. Um, the, uh, like the, the boys, because they, uh, they essentially get like kicked out and they all end up being like day laborers because they, they have no skills or education. <laughs> That's really shitty. Cause like, I've met people who are, Arm- who are Amish before and like the teenagers and the young people have like a pretty good, like understanding of like technology and stuff because they keep affording them small, like smaller and smaller like little steps forward to be like okay you can have a cell phone like that's a thing it's you know only in certain times though you can't have it all the time but like the older ones are the ones that just like would be totally lost if it was like just a crumble and you would say hey go get an apartment in the city the the amish are kind of like the are kind of like a like a number of like jewish sects in that regard especially like like hasidic jews where, where they're just constantly trying to reconcile living in a more and more modern society and just sort of, like, coming up with rules. Which they're, you should not do, as like, though. Like, that's what but you should do. Yeah, but but these are also people who believe that, like, you shouldn't have, like, zippers. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, too advanced. Like, like, the thing, like, the thing with, like, like, I would say, like, the, the Amish are not as, like, uh, flagrant about it as, like, as, like, a lot of, like, Hasidic sex are. Uh-huh. Because they'll do things, like, they'll put string up around, like, a, like, a couple blocks of a neighborhood and be, like, be, like, well, this counts as a house, so you can, you can you can observe like Chavez and move around in this area because it's technically a house. Cause I've said it's a house. I mean, but like, that's kind of the deal. Like religion should be a living thing where whoever is quote unquote in charge or whoever is allowed to call the shots should say, all right guys, like we're clearly moving into a new time. Um, you know, it, it, well, just like Jess, the string. All right. That's what Joseph Campbell called, called, called for. And that's what he railed against when he was talking about uh, the Catholic religion specifically Christianity in general, but, that it didn't change with the times. So it becomes dead because the message doesn't identify with what's actual real in that time period. Cause, yeah. cause the main, the, the main issue though, with those sects is that like these sects is that, they're, they're still trying to live that they've set a point in time where they say, like, this is the furthest we can go as, as like, a civilization. And then they're, they're sort of stuck as, like, a bubble in the modern world. And, and they're just sort of like, how do we keep doing this without, like, fully giving in? Because they're not actually, like, want to move beyond living, like, essentially, like, they're living in the 19th century, which is, like, what Amish and, um, like, Hasidic Jews uh, essentially want to do. Right. Um, so, so they sort of have to, they, they sort of have to find a way... To, to navigate around that, and, and usually times it's like very begrudgingly. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so in August of 1536, uh, the leaders of uh, uh, leaders of a number of Anabaptist groups that were influenced by Melchior uh, Hoffman uh, met at um, uh, Bokel um, in an attempt to maintain unity within the movement. Um, the meetings would include followers of Battenberg, um, survivors of Munster, 
um, David Joris and sympathizers uh, of his, and also non-resistant uh, Anabaptists. At the meeting, um, the major areas of dispute among the sects were over uh, polygamy um, and also the use of force on non-believers. Um, Joris proposed a compromise by declaring uh, that time uh, had not yet come to fight against the authorities and that it would be unwise to kill any non-Anabaptists. Uh, the gathered Anabaptists agreed to compromise of uh, no more force, uh, but the meeting did not prevent the fragmentation of the Anabaptist movement. So the best that they could agree on was that we shouldn't force people to become Anabaptists. They, they were just like, yeah, we shouldn't We shouldn't essentially become like ISIS. <laughs> Jesus what about, okay, so what about polyamorous marriage? Should they allow that? Um, I, it, it seems like that, um, that they couldn't come to an agreement with on that, but the ones that did still practice polygamy, they, cause remember they like die out, like they never get out of like the 16th century. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, uh, the Prince, uh, Bishopric of, uh, Munster, uh, would survive until 1802, uh, from the time it was retaken, uh, by the Catholic, uh, forces, um, in 1535. Um, and it would eventually be abolished by the Holy Roman Empire, um, sort of at its uh, twilight, uh, during a period of uh, secularization um, that was forced upon them by Napoleon. Um, essentially, all the uh, all the holdings within the Holy Roman Empire, like cities and, and counties and such that were that were owned by uh, the Catholic Church, were, um, were were sort of taken away um, and given over to secular authorities. Interesting. I have a question. Can you explain, let's do a Reddit, like explain like I'm five, because this is this distinction has never really been clear to me, and now that we've been talking about this, you would probably be able to shed more light on this. What exactly is the difference between the Holy Roman Empire and Rome, and we'll just say Rome's conglomerates when they were like Rome and they were kicking ass and taking names? Well, you have the, the Roman Republic, which comes out of central Italy. Right. Um, and it eventually grows to a point that it can't sort of reconcile um, itself with like being a republic. Um, and, and even throughout most of the history of Rome, um, only people from Rome were Roman citizens. Okay. Um, and, and the people they conquered uh, were not were, were did not have like the same rights as somebody uh, from Rome who had gotcha. special rights. Okay. Uh, eventually, the government of uh, of Rome is uh, is overthrown. Um, there becomes an emperor, um, and then the emperor uh, rules the empire, which eventually expands. Um, to the east, um, into like the area of what is modern day, like um, Anatolia, um, which becomes like the cultural center of the Roman Empire. Like a lot of people think of like the center of the Roman Empire being Rome, that the center of like culture in the Roman Empire was actually in the east, like modern day uh, Turkey, um, the what is today considered like the Levant, the Holy Land. Right. Um, those were like the centers of of like culture and learning and and population. Um, and eventually, the empire gets so big that they have to split it between a an eastern emperor and a western emperor, um, who both are supposed to have like equal equal power and authority, and it's still like the same empire. Um, but eventually, the western uh, Roman Empire collapses um, due to a number of factors. Okay, um, and then essentially, the mess that is medieval Europe is left in its wake, whereas the eastern Roman Empire keeps going as the Byzantine Empire. Um, and along with the fragmentation of the Western Roman Empire comes the birth of the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church, the Pope, is the Bishop of Rome, right? Essentially, and then he begins sort of like saying that, like, no, no, I'm I'm actually the head of the Church, which is sort of like why there's this schism between the Eastern Orthodox Church 
and and sort of like the other branches of Christianity that aren't at that time the Roman Catholic Church because they're like, well, no, you're you're just the bishop of Rome. You don't you don't have any like actual authority to be doing the things you're doing or saying the things you're saying. Gotcha. Um, and so that is formed, but everybody's sort of trying to trying to make the second Rome. Um, even though Rome still Rome exists in the East, too. they don't really acknowledge that. Right. Um, so they, they want a second Roman Empire. Um, and then the, the Holy Roman Empire is, is sort of like a conglomerate of um, different sort of principalities and kingdoms um, that answer to an emperor, um, usually an Austrian, um, who, who sort of like rules over them. And even though it's called the Holy Roman Empire, um, it, it's as Voltaire put it, it is, it is not a, it's a Holy Roman or an empire. Um, it, it's just sort of like a name, and in German, it's usually not called the Holy Roman Empire as well. That um, and, is incredibly lucid, concise, and the reason I hang out with y'all. I fucking love it. I, I there, honestly had no idea what the difference between the Holy Roman Empire and just like the like I said, the, the quote unquote Romans when they were just kind of taking over everything. Because because like a number of a number of like kingdoms will will claim that they're like the the next incarnation of Rome, uh, for instance, the the czars of Russia claim that they are the uh, like the successors to the Roman Empire. That, that's why the term czar um, in Caesar or Caesar, as right. it would be in Latin, right? Um, that, that's why they call themselves that because they believe that they are the the second Rome. Um, and for instance, the um, in in the Byzantine Empire, as we call it, or the Eastern Roman Empire, um, they they believe that they are still the successors of Rome. And then eventually, after the Ottomans conquer them, the Ottomans also begin calling themselves Rum. Or, or Rome, like if you've seen the term Rome, like R-U-M, like yeah. on an old map. Right. Um, that's essentially the Ottomans claiming they're the successors to the Roman Empire. Um, so all these groups are sort of like trying to claim that they're the next Rome. Oh. Um, okay. and, and it sort of also goes into sort of like the Nazis, where the Nazis claim that they were the uh, that they were the uh, Third Reich. Um, because they, they claim that the Holy Roman Empire was the First Reich, the German Empire was the Second Reich, um, and then they themselves are the Third Reich, or Empire. Did they like just were they like the Weimar Republic? Were they trying to say that was like the second? Well, it was not a it was not a Reich. They the German Empire, like with the Kaiser. Oh, that, that's okay. that's the Reich. Okay, uh, a Reich is an empire. Okay, gotcha. Okay, um, that, that's essentially like what what the translation would be in English. So okay. so there's just sort of like all these people trying to claim because like for instance, if you can claim rightfully and, and sort of like the uh, European legal logic. If you can say, like, I'm the successor to Rome, that also means you're the successor to everything that Rome used to control. So it gives you carte blanche to, like, take over, like, all of Europe and North Africa and, you know, the Middle East. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but, the, but the Holy Roman Empire it was, like, a huge mess. Um, it was a pain in the ass to live in. Um, because imagine um, it, it was a lot worse than, like, living in Europe before, like, the European Union. Especially because it, it was much smaller so imagine that, like, if every time you went to, like, a new county, you, you had to pay, like, taxes, um, or, or you had to pay a toll every every <laughs> time you, like, crossed over into a new county, and sometimes oh. it was just a city. Fuck like, that. Like, like, imagine you live in Orlando, and you decide to go to Winter Park, and every time you go in and out of Winter Park, you have to pay, like, a tax to enter the city, and then along the way, the road is owned by some, like, jackass who was given the road by the Holy Roman Emperor, and you gotta pay him to drive on the road. Um, then you return to your home where you have to pay taxes to the ward that runs um, your area. And then sometimes you also have to pay taxes in the other areas where you do business. Um, so a lot of people aren't happy with it. It's also one of the reasons why 
um, peasants were not really happy with like the French monarch because the uh, the French kind of did the same thing with the French countryside. That in order to move around, you had to pay a lot of taxes. Mm. Every single um, time tolls. you 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 name a new tax that somebody had to pay, I just I, I can feel the fucking Star Spangled Banner playing in my fucking blood, and I can feel the patriotism rising. And the rockets, Fred Blair. I'm it's, like, you got me so fucked up, and then I'm like, wait a minute, I just bought a motorcycle, and I just paid like eight hundred dollars in fucking taxes to get that thing road legal. This is fucking insanity. There's no reason for this. They, like one of the big reasons why the the United States Constitution has like the things about like interstate commerce and not restricting interstate commerce and all that um, is is mainly because of examples like what still existed up at that point like the Holy Roman Empire which, which still existed in like a very like messed up state yeah it was just sort of to make it so that you know states couldn't like like Georgia couldn't be like well every time you cross the border into Georgia you gotta pay yeah I'm gonna need that uh. That little bit of change in your pocket. Well, anybody that's been to Georgia knows that as soon as you do cross into Georgia, you actually do have to pay a tax. That's called the Georgia State Police Tax, where they pull you over if fucking immediately. Just because I've never had that you problem. You are doing two over the limit. But I will say that you do have to pay attention in case they are near you. <laughs> Get it? They are they like also- cockroaches. They are all over the fucking like in between the like. I don't know, dude. I've been in Georgia a bunch. I've never been pulled over there, not one time. They're they're all over the like, place. unless all over. The place. I really do feel like a lot of people like in certain counties. I get it. Like like in uh, in uh, what the fuck is where's Grady Judd at? Polk County in Florida. Yeah, like don't drive there. You know, like if you can avoid yeah. it, just get on the highway and get the fuck out of there because they're just also weaponized police you- force there. When you say you've never been pulled over in Georgia, that just tells me you're a loser who goes to speed limit. Okay? I do. That's what that tells me. I drive Miss Daisy. I, I follow all the laws. I, I do my best. I always have my leaks. I signal every time. I stop at every stop sign. I'm Yeah, that's how I drive. I appreciate you, though. I'm, I'm glad. Um, the, uh, the, the sort of conventional view of John Biden um, is, is mainly dealing with the fact that, you know, he set up this ridiculous... Um, polygamous like theocracy in the city and, and how law that essentially said that unmarried women must accept the first marriage proposal given to them um, and and it, it created also um, as you can understand like we like we joked about it did actually create a, a sort of almost competition among men in the city to just acquire as many wives as possible all right get them before get them while they're getting's good <laughs> i i imagine not just for like uh, for for like the Homer Simpson reasons too, like like what do you imagine? So it'd be like to have two wives. They're just doing all the chores. <laughs> Dude. Like like yeah, he's reasons. like the rich guy. <laughs> um, yeah. Because um, because um, like I said, sources report that John himself had taken uh, sixteen wives. Uh, chief among them was a um, was his uh, his queen uh, Devara uh, von Harlem, and and also the uh, aforementioned Elizabeth uh, uh, von Scheer. The, the woman that he uh, decapitated for rebelling against his authority. Um, the German communist um, Karl Kautsky, though, um, in his work Communism in Central Europe at the time of the Reformation, um, uh, notes that a lot of the the talk about Anabaptist Munster is based um, entirely on accounts written by uh, opponents of the Anabaptists um, who sought to justify their, uh, their bloody uh, reconquest of the city um, and their excesses in, in sort of dealing with the city. Um, uh, Kotsky, though, focused mainly on the Anabaptist emphasis on social equality, uh, political democracy, and communal living um, during the time of his rule, 
uh, which is a common thing that communists do is that they'll sort of like go back in time and sort of look at groups and they'll say like these people are actually uh, like proto-communists. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, the Chinese Communist Party does that uh, with uh, Hong Chouqian, the uh, the leader of the uh, Taiping Rebellion, the the Taiping Heavenly Emperor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because remember he did a lot of that stuff too. He, even though he was also like a polygamist, like cult leader essentially, um, <laughs> he 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 also sort of was like communal living and stuff like that. And the communists will just go back looking for anything to sort of justify their own uh, policies say, well, actually, you know, back then, you know, that that's sort of like a proto thing and we weren't ready for it yet, but what we're doing now, that's what we're ready for. This is definitely going to work this time. Though. <laughs> um, and, and interestingly enough, uh, I thought it was funny that there in 1993, there was a German TV drama uh, called a King for burning uh, about uh, John of Leiden. Um, and uh, Christoph Waltz uh, plays him in the, uh, in the, in the TV wow. drama. He's a great actor. Now I need to check that out. It was it was from a 1993 German TV thing, so I don't I don't know how good a quality it's going to be. <laughs> eh, I like him. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. See how much they blew on the wig budget. <laughs> and that is John of Leiden and the Monster Rebellion. Oh my. god. God, I learned a lot of stuff today. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah. Stuff I didn't know. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Trying to one up each other, nailing dicks to doors and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not only did he nail 95 theses to the wall, his buddy nailed a dick to the door. <laughs> and that, his buddy not that to be outdone. <laughs> that the man who nailed that dick, John Hale. <laughs> John Hale. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> All right. I uh yeah. Jeez. And with ja- with that, good night. Goodbye. Oh god, I'm going to get some new burst. I'm out of here. <laughs>